Hello, everyone. Welcome back to What Now, a podcast for lost and found. This is your host, Amanda. So happy to be here. If you are listening on the day of the release, then happy belated Christmas. I'm recording right now on Christmas Eve, but this show should come back out on December 26th. So this will be the last episode of 2023. Hard to believe I've already been doing this for a little over two months now. Um, And in some ways it's getting easier. In some ways it's just as hard as (laughs) as I started, but it's been a lot of fun. So I hope for all of you who have listened to the first few episodes so far, I appreciate you and your kindness and continued support means the absolute world to me. So I hope all of you had a wonderful holiday and you were able to see your friends and family. And if you did not get to do that, then I hope you were able to relax in the solitude and get ready for 2024 in whatever way best suits you and your current circumstances. But I'm excited for this final episode of the year. This will be with a good friend of mine named Lynette. We met when I was on safari in Africa last year, or 2023 technically, and she and I really hit it off. She was one of our tour guides and coordinated a lot of the events and uh, hotels and lodging and tracked all of our uh, drivers and made sure we got to where we needed to go. So she was working while I was uh, on the safari trip, but we ended up bonding and becoming close friends. And so I've kept in touch with her ever since that trip ended. And she's absolutely lovely. And she runs her own tourism and safari business out of Uganda. And it is primarily uh, owned and operated by all women. And she has been promoting uh, bringing more women into the tourism business and bringing more women into the economy in Uganda. And I just admire her very, very much. And so I asked her to be a guest on the show and she graciously agreed. So today's episode, we are catching up with Lynette and hearing about her life in Uganda and her career path and how she got to where she is today to owning her own business and helping it grow and all the tips and tricks and lessons learned from her life. And I just appreciate her joy and her honesty and uh, being so open with me. And I hope all of you who are listening will enjoy her episode as well. But yes, as always, uh, feel free to leave some feedback, you know, like, share, subscribe, leave a review, five stars, send the episode to your friends. If you know anybody that's interested in going on tours in Africa or visiting various countries in Africa, please take advantage of Lynette's vast knowledge and her immense networks. You know, just because maybe you don't want to go to Uganda, you might want to go to another country. She probably knows people that could help you with a good hookup in those places. So reach out to her. All of her contact information will be included in the show notes. And you can reach out to her at any time. And uh, without further ado, let's get into it. (music) 
All right, everybody, we are back with What Now, a podcast for the lost and found. I am your host, Amanda, and I'm so excited to have my good friend Lynette here on the line with us today. We're so excited. Hi. Hi. So nice to see you. We are actually talking to her in the future because she is in Uganda right now, and it is her early morning and my late night. Um, But we are so excited to catch back up together. Uh, Lynette, I met her in the summer of 2023 when my friends and I came to Africa and we did a safari tour. Uh, We hung out with her in uh, Zambia, Zimbabwe, and Botswana, and she and I bonded. And now she is an honored guest on, on my show, and I'm so excited to have her here. Welcome, Lynette. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. I'm yeah. excited to be here. I still remember how we connected during the safaris in Zimbabwe, Zambia, and Botswana. So it's always a pleasure talking to you. It, it's, I feel it's easy, and uh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, wonderful. I'm so glad you're here. And I'm glad you feel that way. That should make our our interview go well. And and I'm super excited to hear more again about your life. I know when we met, you were working. So, and I was a client, which is different. So you, I'm sure, had to stay professional for (laughs) certain parts of it, even if I tried to um, be goofy with you. So I I appreciate you not going, "Mm, this white girl's weird. (laughs) Can't wait for our three weeks to be over. yeah, no, super excited. So where are you right now? You are in Uganda, yes? I didn't just mess that yes, up. Oh, all right. Yeah, okay. And um, you said you're at your office? Yes, yeah, I'm at my office in Kampala. It's in Logogo. Uh, okay. Just uh, on the, not on the outskirts of Kampala. It's actually in the middle of Kampala, just uh, close to Kololo. So it's, uh, someone could say, two hours away from the airport, but in the capital city. It's just in the center of the capital city Uganda. Very cool. And you have you lived there the entire time, or did you move there to open your business? Uh, growing up, I grew up in you in Kampala. So my parents had a, a business downtown in the busy parts of Kampala, doing a bit of trading back and forth. So I grew up close to their business, and our home is um, if there is no traffic, twenty minutes away. With traffic, it gets tricky, but it's 20 minutes away from the city center. So that's where I grew up. That's the only home I've known. So I've been back and forth around Kampala all my life. Yes. Gotcha. Very cool. No, that's that's awesome. We d- uh, During our trip, we did not get to go to Uganda. So that's still on the bucket list to, to come back up there and, and do a different trip with you. Um, so tell us a little bit about your, your business because um, we're... And explain, I guess, how you got connected to our tour group, because the tour group we have was not the group that you work with full time, right? Or were you contracted yeah. out? How did how did that work? What what business do you run and and what do you guys do on a regular basis? Okay, so we um I've been in the tourism industry for the past eight years. So I've been doing group trips, individual trips, packages for the last for the last five years, for the last five, for the last three, two years, I've been doing a lot of trips. But uh, how I got connected on the group was through Obed, who was mm-hmm. the the person who contracted me on the side. He, we, we have been connecting with him since 2019. 
when he began, when he joined the industry, he wanted to reach out to people in other countries because he's originally from Rwanda and Congo. Mm-hmm. So he wanted, when we met, when we connected, or when we started talking online in 2019, he wanted to now start doing Ugandan safaris and was now venturing into tourism. So he reached out to me like, what can I do? How can we work together? You know, but then 2020 COVID happened and I was doing my own businesses here in Kampala. So he reaches out again in 2013. He's like, I have this group um, of ladies. I want to see, can you support me on this? Since you have been doing a lot of group trips and not only with groups, but also with individuals and small parks, you might be able to navigate the, the dynamics of managing a group trip. So my coming on the trip was mainly to be a team leader, but then also to manage the large number of the people who are working with the service providers because as we met in Zimbabwe, Zambia and Botswana, even there was a similar trip just a week before down which was in Uganda. You know, and there it was even more complicated because then we had four safari cars and then we had driver guides and then we had different accommodations we kept going to. So I had to manage the whole process to ensure that it's smooth for all the parties involved yeah that's that's a lot it's a lot of multitasking it's a lot of personality management probably language barriers cultural barriers so uh what was what was your favorite thing about those trips that you got to take with us this year and then what was maybe something you learned during those trips either it could have been a mistake or it could have been just like oh I never knew that or anything like what was your favorite part and then maybe not so favorite that you learned uh let me start with the favorites because I think there are many yeah I got to meet very many different clients because I mean all the groups had 30 30 ladies so I got to meet and once in a while go to chat with the different clients Go to share experiences because some are ladies in their 40s, some are in their 50s. So even when you get like five, ten minutes to talk, it would, it was good. I learned a thing or two, you know, from from them as I shared, as I did my job. Mm-hmm. Another thing, I, I really enjoyed the people that I was working with, the ladies, because remember we were working with, in Uganda mainly, purely, we had a women-led team so that all the guys we worked with were women. And it reassured me of the ability of these ladies. The safaris got bumpy, the roads got tricky, the cars got messy, but these ladies were perfect, you know? They were, like, if the car got a, a glitch, they would be, like, up and opening the bumpers and, you know, jumping in there checking out the oil checking out this and i was like wow you know and it also reassured me of my skills and abilities because all the ladies kept saying how are you managing all this how are you how how are you still keeping your head on your shoulders and i was not feeling the pressure that was coming with the job they kept saying lynette you look okay but we're putting too much on you you know because if any car got an issue they'll be like lynette this car has an issue if any right. of the ladies or the, or the clients had an issue, they were like, Lynette, this, you know? So there was a lot of Lynette, this, Lynette, there was a lot of multitasking. But I was enjoying. So it reassured me of, okay, even when other people on the 
outside looking in and saying, this is too hard and how are you managing? I'm okay. Like, even on, on your trip in Zambia, you know, some people would be like, oh, this must be too much for you. But deep down in my heart, I was, because I enjoyed what I was doing, I didn't yeah. feel like it was too much. Yeah, I, of course, I wouldn't do it like back to back for a year in. I would need definitely breaks along the way. Sure. But it was amazing. You know, I was up and going and doing my thing. And even with the glitches and challenges along the way, I still kept my head on my shoulders and it didn't like weigh me down in any way. So that was a very good, like good learning lesson for myself that, oh, you know, you can do this and maybe even more. Yeah. Absolutely. Challenges I faced were, of course, the different personalities of the people I was working with. Yeah. You know, Uh, because we are all human beings with different interests and perspectives of life. We, of course, you know, you know, knocked a few shoulders here and there. You know, you feel in this particular situation you need to do ABC, but someone else on the team feels you need to do XYZ, and you're like, no, it has to be ABC. And they're like, do XY. And you're like, you know, yeah. But it was a good learning lesson as well to see how to navigate different personality traits, you know, and I'm sure it made me a better person. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I I would have. I learned a lot about myself on those trips. Oh, my dog is barking. Somebody is upsetting him. Hold on, just a second. Okay, sorry. Is he okay? <laughs> oh yeah, he's just somebody probably drove by or walked by or something, and he just didn't like it. So, but I put ah. his collar on him. Yeah. Big, <laughs> big baby. Hello. I put his collar on him, so if he acts up, I'll have to send him a little tap. Um, okay, sorry. Where were we? We were talking about lessons. Okay, yes. So, I would... This also wasn't... Oh, what I learned, right, about myself. Honestly, that I shouldn't be... I, I had not traveled internationally in a very, very long time. Um, that was the first time in 10 years. So, like, I had flown to, like... I'd been to non-continental states. Like I'd been to Hawaii and Alaska and um, Puerto Rico, but I had not been international in 10 years at that point. So I was a little nervous about, do I even remember how to do it? Do I, am I going to look like a dumb American? Um, Did I pack everything I needed? And truth is no, I, I didn't get everything that I needed on the list. There were so many things that I definitely forgot. And last minute packer is a terrible trait to have. Um, you look perfect, by the way. But I looked you didn't fine, look like right? Like I, I faked it real well. Um, you don't happen to still talk to Charles, do you? From the, the safaris? And uh, I have his contact. I have his contact, but uh, no, yeah. I don't talk about No, he DM'd me back and forth for a little bit uh, after that, but I oh man anyway i shouldn't laugh in case he actually listens to this hi charles if you do is there a story there it feels like there's a story there had the story there i don't know i don't think you were there i think it was just obed when we did the bush lunch Mm, oh god so i don't know if they told you this that i mm, embarrassed myself but 
we had the bush lunch, but there wasn't exactly enough food for everybody to eat. And so I did not have very much. So Courtney and I didn't eat while we were there, but they kept serving all the wine. And so as we're getting the the rundown for the day and people are taking their time, Courtney and I are getting more and more drunk. And Charles comes up and he starts, I guess, talking about what we were going to do on the safari days and like the plan to go back to the lodge and then we were going to do the boat trip out to the island where the elephants were walking across and I'll be honest I do not remember what it is that he said but I spoke up in the middle of him and Obed talking and I was like you know hey something along the lines of like you know hey Charles what's your number (laughs) Or something like that. Just said it like out in the blue. And I was like, sup? And then uh, everybody got quiet and they turned and looked at me. And I was like, what? He speaks multiple languages. He's our tour guide. He owns a boat. (laughs) He runs his own business. He, you know, uh, he's he's clearly successful and loves his job. He gets to play with animals all day. Who wouldn't want to date him? (laughs) And he walks up. And he, he's acting like he's handing me a bottle of water. And I was like, oh, God. Like, he's probably trying to tell me, like, girl, you need to drink some water. Slow down. And he leans over and says in front of everyone, that number at the bottom, that's mine. And then he hands it to me and walks away and keeps talking to, like, the rest of the group. And, like, the whole group was like, oh. <laughs> And I just hit on this man that I don't know. I've never met, never spoken to. Um, you are hungry. You are I, hungry. Well, girl, hungry and thirsty, apparently. Like I, the, the irony and the fact that like I can't seem to get it right on my own homeland. But if I go abroad, best believe I have like no, no filter. And I can get plenty of phone numbers that way. So I, maybe that's the lesson. The true lesson is that I am my best or i am my raw self if i go abroad um Uh but yeah hi charles (laughs) i don't know if you'll ever see this or not but yeah so that happened oh man i have a lot of embarrassing stories i think travel does open parts of you that you didn't know existed Uh, yeah travel does yeah absolutely it exposes you to brings out uncomfortable parts and comfortable parts like it reassures you of the things which which you didn't know that's why i really love it and appreciate it and encourage everyone to take part because personally i feel like it humbles me even more the more i travel the more i see first of all how big the world is how diverse the cultures are because even when we're in zimbabwe i got to know the religion of the people there you know and the practices and the differences, you know, but it also gave me a chance to appreciate what we have back home, you know, and I think it also did the same to, for you when you had the Wi-Fi issues and, the, you know, all these different glitches happening along the way. It makes you appreciate some things which you think are obvious, while in other areas or regions, they are hard to find. Mm-hmm. But it, so, yeah. It definitely... It reminds you what you take for granted at home, but then what you yes. also 
should not stress about at home either. Like if you go to another country and these other people are happy doing something the opposite way from you, it doesn't necessarily make your way the right way as uh-huh. well. Um, yeah, or they are with the wrong way. Yeah, or or that they're they're doing it the wrong way, right? It's just a different. It's just a different way Wait. to get used yes. to the same yes. results. Um, so that's been that's been interesting. Um, but uh, I don't know if I told you the the girls that I came with. We've decided to go to the Antarctica trip. So we're going to be in Argentina and go with Alyssa to Antarctica in 2024. Wow. I know. I'm turning into an international lady. Um, that so is great. I'm, I'm excited. It's going to use up all of my PTO. <laughs> I will definitely be in the red next year. Plus, my brother's getting married next year. One of my good friends that I used to work with is getting married next year. We're uh, going to Miami for uh, a work trip and to hang out with my friend Courtney in May. So I'm 2024 is already booked and busy. So that is good. That is so good. To that. Uh, well, tell us, tell us how you got into the tourism business. How, have you always been working in like safari tours or what got you interested? Some people would think that, you know, like, oh, that's the most epic job ever. And then other people might think that like, oh, like you're outside all day. You're dirty. You're near animals. Like you could get hurt. It's I'm far away from my, my kid, my husband, like how how can you stand it? Blah, 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 whatever. Um, so what drew you to this particular job and how long have you been doing it? Uh, I love that question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I, I don't think I emphasize this enough, but mm-hmm. I got lucky and got mentorship earlier on in my years, you know, in my youth, I, cause I was still in high school and I got a mentor mm-hmm. and the mentor, I think my mentor was very radical and very uh, not the, the the formal type of person. So even the advice he kept rendering was very random. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he kept emphasizing, follow your passion. Look for something that you love doing and see a way to make money with it. You know, he kept saying it like this was in 2015. I was just what, 19 years, you know? And he kept saying, look for something you love to do and do it, you know? And I was like, what do I like to do? I like to travel. When I travel, I'm at peace. I'm relaxed, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm a bit of an introvert, so there are not so many things that I love to do, like this, that, the other. But definitely, I like getting my bags and going on a road trip, you know? And I was young, so I had not experienced so many things. But I remembered the memories that I had most of my family growing up were the few trips we had during Christmas season or Easter, you know? And I really, those those memories were quite fresh. So, so I told him, I was like, okay, maybe tourism, maybe travel, you know? And But then uh, he was like, okay, that's good. So you look for any place in tourism how you where you can start learning the ropes, you know? Look for places to volunteer. So after high school, in my vacation for senior six, uh, he, I, I tell him, okay, I've seen there is this tourism board, there is this tourism organization. He's like, write to them letters. Go and volunteer there, you know. And uh, one of the values of mentors is usually they let you feed into their networks. So when I told them that I wanted to work in all these places and I wrote letters to volunteer, 
he literally picked a letter and was like, okay, one of my friends works there. He took the letter. A friend of mine uh, works, is friends with the minister of here. Okay. You know, so that's how the letters got to the tables of the people in charge. Because usually I think these volunteering letters are ignored, you mm. know. Even though you're providing a free service, I mean, you're from high school, you don't know anything about the industry. Who's going to let you anywhere near their organization, you know? So, uh, because of his contacts, I got an opportunity to volunteer, and this was in high in vacation of senior six. So, as I was volunteering, I got reassurance that this is actually what I want to do, like, for the rest of my life, you know? So, I kept... And uh, after senior, my vacation, when the results came back, university, I applied to do tourism. And, you know, when university finally opened, I went and pursued tourism, but still kept volunteering, you know. Mm-hmm. And as, as I was volunteering, I was getting to meet more and more people in the industry, got to interact with different players. So here I am, uh, four years, three years later, graduating, and I know most of the tourism players not only in Uganda, but across East Africa, you know, because while I was working, I met people in Rwanda who invited me there and I attended something they call Kwitaizina, which is the gorilla naming ceremony, you know, and it opened my mind like, woo. Then I was like, okay, so if I'm going to Rwanda, now I have to go to Kenya, now I have to go to Tanzania. So here I am having contacts of all the big players across the region and I'm just graduating. You know, mm-hmm. something which no one in my class had, because no one in my class had begun interacting with people in the industry four years ago. So here I am, even when I applied for a job, I had four years experience, just a few months after of graduation. And even before I graduated in 2019, because I had made contacts across the region, my first job before I graduated was in Tanzania, where I worked as a marketing manager. You know, even before my results for university came out, I had a job in Tanzania. So I pack up my bags and go. It was not easy. I left my family. My mom was, she cried, you know, so it was emotional. It was hard, but I knew I had to do it then because, I mean, I'm young. I have no tight responsibilities on my hands now. It's better I travel now as much as I can because I can you know, later on it might not be an option on the table. So I kept that at the back of my mind and went and because I loved it, even the challenging jobs were not as tough. You know, I came back after graduation 2019, worked in Kisoro where we have the mountain gorillas, worked there for some time. It was challenging, but it was good pay. So then I came back to Kampala and started contemplating the idea of having my own business. You know, it's something which kept lingering, but I think because of fear, you're like, will I make it? What if I go and make a fool of myself? Can I handle it? Do I have the, you know, the financial muscle, the mental capacity, the networks to build and grow and continue in that line? So until 2021, when I was like, okay, actually 2019, when I came back from Tanzania and started working in Kisoro, when I came back from that job, I was like, okay, maybe let's start, you know. But even the starting was a bit, you know, one foot in, one foot out. Like, okay, let me start this. Let me grow this on the side like a night job as I have a day job, you know. 
So it has been that back and forth. But then as I kept growing, there kept uh, appearing a light, an emphasis on women, an emphasis on women in tourism because I also as a girl volunteering in my work, I faced lots of challenges, lots of obstacles, you know, and most of them were just because I was a female, you know. So I was more intentional moving forward that how do we support women in this industry? The tourism industry has dominantly been looked at as a male-dominated sphere, you know. Even women, it's hard for many women to go out and get married and have children and have families because most men don't look at them as, like, wife enough. You're traveling, you're running around. What kind of wife are you going to be? Who are you going to live with your kids? You know, very many have that. There's a lot of masculinity, and I don't know if, is it called misogynist complex, where people feel like a woman has to be at home with the children. It's 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 funny because we're in 2023, but it's still so vivid here mm-hmm. in my country, in my home, you know, that even before I later got married and had a child, most of the partners I kept having were like, well, if we're to be serious, you have to quit that whole traveling thing. It was like uh, either travel or me, you know. So it kept coming back and forth. And not one, two people. It was like five, six people who are you think are educated. You can sit down and have a conversation, you know. But this was never something on the table. Uh, there is a point at which you get where your partner will tell you, yeah, you have to choose. You know, and it's it's a selfish thing, but people do it. And many, many people do it. You know, these are people who come to you. Some of them literally come to you and they make it look like this is a gold mine. Like, so my offer is very good. Listen to it. It's either you leave this and maybe I'll start for you a business. I'll open for you a company, you know. But as long as you leave the travel and I'm like, Okay, like, it was never, uh, you love this, let me understand. No, it's it's mainly a, a dominating factor and a controlling factor, you know, with them. It's never really like, oh, you like it, so let's talk about it. Maybe you can have it. No. Yeah. You know? So because of that kind of politics, I understand what ladies go through with the industry. So that's why I'm always looking for ways, how do we bring in more more and more ladies, more and more women, you know, even as I grow in my businesses, I'm always giving priority to the ladies. That's why when Obed came to me and Mm -hmm. was like, oh, I have this group of girl ladies and Alisa had emphasized she wanted female trip ladies. So he knew I had all the contacts because I had been working with them, you know, and I think I also relate with their challenges because let me give an example. Yeah. Uh, In the July trip, in the August trip, we had, like, by April, we had gotten all the ladies we were going to work with. And we had even given them, like, deposit on, on their pay and everything to have them fully booked off for that time. So one of the ladies calls me in June. She's like, Lynette, uh, I'm sorry, I can't make it. Um, I'm pregnant. I'm hmm. like, oh, okay. 
And she's like, oh, you know, when I'm pregnant, I have morning sickness. I'm always throwing up. Something I can relate with because I've gone through that. Was it was it a setback? Yeah, a small one. The good thing is there was just one who I had reached out to in April and had just given birth. So she had told me, by August, I'll be re ready to go on the road. But I was not sure. I was still quite skeptical about her. So when this one tells me, oh, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, I can't. I'm like, okay, it's sad, but I understand because it's a phase in your life and you have to, if you can't, you can't. And it's good. You have told me in advance, you have refunded the money. Let me, so I reach out to the other one who had just had a child and she was like, yeah, I'm good. We're ready to go. You know, the child is now six months, is eating, can survive without me, definitely. You know, so it showed yeah. me that this, these are matters which some companies might not be able to understand might not be patient enough to tolerate, but as someone who has gone through it myself, I know what it's like. The fear of, oh, I've had a child, I'll not be able to work again, who will be able to understand my situation, who will be able to be patient with me and understanding, but still understand that I have the skills and abilities, you know. So that showed me that for an industry which is fast moving, like the tourism, the travel, where you're always on the road, like you said, you're always in the bush, you're always, you know, mm -hmm. up and running. There is need for that kind of empathy. So that's why I really emphasize on the ladies as I do my work. Yeah. Has it been due to those cultural concerns? Has it been difficult to recruit women to join your team? Or are they more likely to join your team because you are female owned and operated? Like, is that a convincing factor for your business? Yeah. Yes, it is. But I think also there is a bit of um, unspoken understanding, you know, like when we look at each other, like we're both women, we both know what women go through. You know, there is that unspoken understanding of when you're in your period, I know how it gets. I know how it can get. Yeah. I can understand when I am on my period, I know how it can get. So if you call me and tell me, ah, I'm a bit grumpy, don't give me this safari, I'll be on my period, I will understand and I'll not hold that against you. Something she can not easily tell a male operator because he'll be like, so if I can't trust you here, when, when are you ready to work? Are you on your period the whole month? Like, because they don't understand the cycle so well mm -hmm. um, or they don't go through it some of the conversations become blurry, you know. That's why even the one who told me, oh, I've just had a child, six months I'll be good to go. I was like, okay, if you're sure the child will be able to eat, you're sure you'll be able to leave them? Because I, was, I, I wasn't sure because personally I wasn't ready to leave my kid at six months. I was like, it's still too early. It's still too early, you know. Yeah. But um, if you feel you're good, you're good. You know, and then I later realized actually one of the other people who was on that team had also just had a child who was now three months and I didn't know. And I was like, ah, you didn't even mention it. How are you here and moving? And she was like, well, my child is good. She's okay. I'm like, wow, so woman. <laughs> so it also. Well, clearly uh, they love working with you so much that they'd rather just come right back. <laughs> you know, yeah, they, there is that. But then I think they also. The economy is not the best. So they'll definitely want to keep working. Mm -hmm. And um, I've also realized that not very many people want to give them the jobs or the opportunities. Even when we were in the field, 
you could see the male driver guides. They would they had some comments they kept throwing at them that were negative, you know. So they feel the pinch of oh now women are taking up our jobs, you know. So not all really? women are ready to give fellow women the opportunities. Yes, it is crazy. You know, you would see them looking at them like, oh, now you guys are driving the big manual extended safari cars, you know, like the ladies were driving in Botswana. So in Bot- in Zimbabwe and Zambia and Botswana, mm-hmm. women guides have been there for a longer time than they have this side. In Uganda, having a woman driving the last 10 years, it was not there. It is something as young as less than 10 years, you know. So most of these ladies have been driving for like six years maximum. You know, so even now when they're in the field, the male drivers look at them like, hmm, hmm, you know, Mm -hmm. I would have gotten that job. You know, so there's still that unspoken friction. I get to see it. I get to feel it. And they also see it. And they're like, you see, the other drivers are laughing at us. The other ones are doing this. And I'm like, I see it. I understand it. It's okay. You know? And then they're also facing challenges back home. Yeah. Have you ever had to like stand up for one of your employees or have you ever had to like handle a situation if somebody was being rude to them or being disrespectful, I guess, in that way? Or is it usually just one offhand type comments that you guys are just, you know, rolling it right off? Yeah, it hasn't gotten to the point of having to speak back at someone. Most of the Mm -hmm. comments are below the table, like someone laughs and like, so I still doing this and that, you know, so there are small comments that pass on sometimes as compliments, but they're like negative compliments. Yeah. So there are those like sour grape kind of comments and vibes. So it's never really deep or you are doing this, you know, so you see it, you laugh about it, but you know, it's wrong, you know, so to keep a a calm situation, you don't escalate it. Mm. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit more about what motivates you. I know you love traveling and I know you enjoy running your business, but what in particular motivates you to keep doing the safaris? It is a very labor intensive job, um, and emotionally intensive to, to handle all of that organization all the time, multiple times a year. So how do you stay motivated, but also how do you relax and regroup after an, after a big tour tour? Okay, um, my, biggest, my biggest motivation is seeing the smiles on the clients' faces. That's just usually a wow factor because my country is beautiful. Africa is beautiful. So whenever I get to share that experience with the clients, that is a good motivator. But then also that I try to surround myself with a good team, a team you can trust, a team you can rely on, a team that you know will do a good job. That reduces, like it does cut down the stress by like half. If you know you're going to be working with a, a lady called maybe Rachel and you know Rachel is going to do her job to the maximum, it, mm-hmm. it really helps you relax, you know. And then also because I'm not doing the work day in, day out, so what helps me with group is after the safari, like uh, I think I mentioned at the beginning of the this podcast is I'm a bit of an introvert. So I'm not someone who likes to go out party every night, every weekend, every what. Like, literally, I'm, I'm home, like, Netflix and chill person. So, yeah. 
after the safaris, I, I just go home and relax. To me, that is relaxing, that's regrouping. I like to work out, I like to exercise, so I do more of that, you know, and plan for another safari. Yeah. Yes, it's a beautiful industry, it's a beautiful job. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, I also take some of those trips, like I plan a trip for myself and my family. I'm like, okay, maybe that kid is going to Granny's, and I and my husband are going here for these days, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So how many trips do you guys do per year with your business? Uh, we're growing. We're growing, so the numbers keep increasing every year. Yeah. Uh, this year, this year we have had uh, close to thirty-five. Wow. Close to thirty-five. Trips. Okay. Yeah. So here we're looking at close to two to three trips every month. Two to three trips every month. Yeah. Okay. So of course, during the peak season, they are close to like four, five, but average two to three. Yeah. So yeah. And, and since the year has not yet ended, we still have some few in december you you still have a few in december you're saying yes 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 because we have many people who are going away for christmas who are starting to move next week we have those who want to move during uh 28th then they come back after new year's so we have a lot of those actually we have more of those who want to move before new year's so they have their new year's away like on a holiday very cool. That's that's exciting. You're staying pretty busy. That's good. That's that's huge and wonderful for your business and you know blessings upon blessings. What would you say is the best business advice you ever hmm. received? I, I I I don't know, but I can give. I can give. Oh. Okay. Uh, first of all, okay. A general business advice is to. I think I've heard this and it, it resonated. There's, there's something they say, someone can say, don't eat your children. Like in business, don't eat your children. Like if you start a business and you make some profit off of it, it wouldn't be smart to spend that profit. You know, it would be nice to reinvest that profit, you know, in the business. So that at least you don't eat your first level of profit. Because if you reinvest this profit, then maybe next time you'll get this profit, you know, or this, you know. So if you eat this, then next time you're still going to have this, which means you're going to block your level of growth. You're going to be constant or stagnant. And with the tourism industry, because it's very seasonal, there is need for intense planning, intense intentionality with your expenses, mainly financial expenses. I like a lot of, I engage myself a lot in financial discipline and uh, wealth generation and all that. So something I've noticed mainly with the tourism industry is how seasonal it is. Today you have clients, next month you might not get any because it's a low season. So if you have not planned well for your finances throughout the year, it's easy for you to be on a high and low, high and low, high and low, high and low, which is not sustainable for any business. So it's important to know that even on the days when you're crazy busy, you maintain a particular level of financial discipline so that you are able to stay afloat even on the days when it's dry. Because there are days when it's dry, months. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very good advice. And staying on top of your finances is good. Making sure you have the surplus. Um, 
yeah, you got to say you got to save some of that money first and reinvesting it back into yourself makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That way you can grow and sustain yourself. What would you say was a mistake that you made when you first started the business and what, what happened? How did you, how did you learn from it and what did you do better the next time? Well, just to put a disclaimer, I'm still making mistakes. <laughs> I've not stopped, yeah. but uh, some of the biggest mistakes was to underestimate the the power of marketing on different platforms. So, okay. and also failure to to see the opportunities as they were when they were, you know. Some, they, there's something that people keep saying that an opportunity is like uh, a snowflake. Like it's very, you either grab it when it comes or it can easily pass you by. So there are opportunities which have been missed because they have not been recognized for their worth, you know. So I think those are some of the mistakes. Like when I worked in Tanzania, I didn't take advantage of that opportunity as much as I should have looking back mm -hmm. now, you know, and I'm like, I had all this opportunity. Why didn't I use it? I'm like, oh, maybe I was young. Maybe I didn't, I didn't see it for what it was then, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Th those are really good, good lessons. What would you say has been your biggest achievement so far? I think one of the greatest achievements so far is understanding or realizing those mistakes. Because if you don't realize that something you are doing was wrong, you won't know the right way to do it. So I think my greatest achievement now coming to the end of 2023, first was widening my scope, you know, being able to do now, I mean, I can smoothly do trips in Zimbabwe, Zambia, Botswana, you know, before it was just the East African region. So that's a good achievement, being able to widen my scope to now the southern parts of Africa. But then also being able to identify or learn the opportunities that are, that are out there, you know, the diverse levels of opportunities and the, and the, um, and the possibilities that are out there. I think that that has been a very, very, very good achievement on my side because before you're able to do something, you have to know that it can actually be done. So now that I know, let's see how the doing part will unfold. But I'm very excited and glad that I now know better than I did before. I love that. That's a, that's a, that's a really good reflection and self-awareness too. You know, I'm sure um, as a boss, as a mother, as, you know, um, a wife, a friend, it's a lot of hats you have to wear and it could get overwhelming at times, but that's really good that you've had the chance to think on that and and not beat yourself up over it, right? Like sometimes you can stay in a negative headspace when something goes wrong or like gets messed yeah. up and, and you don't yes. want to you don't want to do that because then you then you stay stuck and it seems like you've done a really good job of actually, you know, it, looking at mud and yeah, going well sometimes you, you're like oh my god <laughs> okay. i wish i started doing this like three years yeah. ago i would be somewhere but that back and forth doesn't change nothing it just makes you sad so 
right, learn yeah. your lessons and move on. Now that you know, do better. Don't say, oh, I wish I did this like five years ago, you know? No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you you can't you can't dwell on that. You you got to look at what can I do now going forward. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your current goals. Do you do you have any particular achievements you're looking forward to next year or things you're trying <clears throat> to accomplish? Actually, I was talking to someone today morning and I was reemphasizing that yes, 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 uh moving forward I've, I've I noticed there is a gap in the information spread about tourism in Uganda, in East Africa, in Africa. I don't know what your expectations were before you came. I don't know if your expectations met what you found on ground before you came for your African safari. Mm-hmm. But I feel very many people have a very different perception of what Africa has to offer, of what safaris look like of what the food looks like, of what to expect, basically, generally. So next year, one of my biggest like ambitions is to widen the level of information sharing. You know, I want to be on as many podcasts as I can and as many talk shows on as many panelists as I can, but mm-hmm. mainly there, not just to fill space, but to increase the information spread about tourism in Africa, tourism in Uganda. If you're coming to Uganda, because I remember I was on a call with um, some travel agents from the U.S., and they kept, one of them asked me, are there five-star hotels in your country? And I was like, oh, I thought this was common knowledge. Of course we have. We have very many. Of, this, this was in my head. But I realized that you can't assume that people know. You can't assume that people know. So the more you talk, the more maybe people will get to know. So I want to just spread as much information about tourism in Africa as I can, about what people need to expect. Like if Amanda is coming to for a safari in Uganda, what should you expect in terms of weather, in terms of the food, in terms of people? Should you expect to have a smooth ride or are there going to be some roads which are bumpy? There is going to be a bit more dust than you might be used to there will be a bit of sun and rain and this and that. So the weather will be quite relaxed, you know. Don't expect to see winter, not in Uganda. The food, expect to have a variety of foods, fresh foods, you know. So these are things which, you know, hotels, yes, some areas accommodation can become tricky, but in most towns, expect at least a five-star, four-star hotel. So these are things which might sound obvious, but are not. You know, and the only way we're going to grow our business is if more people know what they need to expect from us. So me saying that my goal is to increase my sales, yet the people I want to sell to don't even know what is out here. You know, I think as I, with more information spread, then the desire to travel more will be sparked. And that way, people will definitely book the safaris and the numbers will grow. Oh, absolutely. So that's my I don't think I ever considered, I, let me, let me backtrack. I have dated people that are from Northern Africa. Um, so like Egyptian and Moroccan before, but I had never thought about traveling to Africa in that sense. Um, so I don't, I personally didn't put two and two together until Mary 
Mary Kate, who you met on the tour, um, invited all of us to come with her and to join this trip with Alyssa because she had loved everything else Alyssa had done. So she figured the Africa trip would be cool too. So of course, why would I turn down an epic, an epic safari trip? Um, and you're right. I should go. I have the money and I have the time and I had, I had the privilege of, um, that particular capability. So I wanted to take advantage of that, but you're right. I didn't, in America, you get a very different explanation of what Africa is like. And Africa, the continent in and of itself is massive. <laughs> like, yes, massive. And so the, what's available there is far beyond what I think anybody could really imagine. Um, without having to live there personally. So it, I think that's a great idea to keep spreading more information and um, let people know what's available. Are you doing, I see sometimes you're doing YouTube videos a lot. You do seem to be taking advantage of like a day in the life of a safari guide or a day in the life of the um, lodge workers or a day in the life of a driver kind of a thing. Are you still doing a lot of videos that way or are you trying to do more like media press like plans mm, actually my plan is uh now that you mention it maybe i can look more into also spreading that information on my youtube because my youtube has be, been purely about travel and exploring so when i visit a place and i yeah. just record a few clips and just put it all together and be like i was here i did this it's also an information sharing platform because that way I get to share of the places that I've been, but I'm looking to have more discussions like what we're having, you yeah. know, where I'm talking to someone who has maybe not been to Africa, mm -hmm. looking to come, but doesn't know what's there, you know, looking to share my story of, okay, how is it being a woman working in the industry? You know, how are those small, I'm looking to create more of a, a connection you know, through the communication. So that is not just, oh, if you're coming to Africa, expect this, this, that, the other, the other. That way you get to talk to a, a real person who, are, who is in Africa with small, small things like, okay, maybe if you're changing currency in this country, there is the pula. You know, if you are a vegetarian, you need to th have this, you know, pre-considered in your brain before you come so that you don't have bad experiences. We like meat. We eat a lot of it. So you're going to see it on very many menus. It's not supposed to make you feel bad as a vegetarian. It's just what is in the culture. So there's need to do a lot of sharing in that regard. And I'm just looking to tap into other people's platforms as I do that. Uh, that's why I'm looking at uh, being hosted in podcasts, you know, uh, panels, what, but all these areas that I want to be hosted in are areas which... Um, tourism kind of focused so if it's a panel about tourism discussions globally or trends that are changing or moving pieces in the industry i would definitely love to be a part of that more and share what i know more as as we grow as we definitely grow the industry yeah, yeah. No, i think that's a wonderful thing to manifest and plan for your future. So I, I will also manifest that you get to go on the panels and do all the interviews and spread all the knowledge and the love and the adventure that Africa has. Uh, have you been to every African country or no. just you've stayed South and East, you said? 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's my extra time. Is but I'm looking is... to one day. Yeah, I'm one day. To go to the West. Yeah, one day you will you will get to go to all the countries, and your business will have a tour that anybody could take in all of great, the countries. Great. Yeah, that's I mean, right. Amanda Paz has said so, so why not? No, <laughs> girl, I'm still manifesting all kinds of things for myself. Um, but I do believe in the power of envisioning whatever that is, and either you, you write it, you say I it out loud, you, you practice it, um, and that's. It might take 10 years for it to happen, but you did it. You said it. You made it, you made it come true. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, two final questions. First one. If you could give yourself advice 10 years ago, you know, what would you say to your younger self? Hmm. Relax more. Um, I would tell my younger self to relax more, to relax more and also to believe in herself because the abilities that she holds are not going to be manifested with age. They are already within her. So there is need for her to believe in herself, to know that she belongs in the rooms where she is and it's not just an opportunity or privilege but rather something that she has worked for and to trust the process that with all the hard work she puts in, it will definitely come back in one way or another. Wonderful. I think that's fabulous. I'm going to, I'm going to turn that into a clip and listen to that every day. (laughs) That's that's something every little girl needs to hear, no matter where she lives or what she's doing. Like, it's already inside of you. You just need to tap into that. Okay. Final question. When are you coming to Nashville to visit me? Bring- when am I coming to Asheville? Uh, yeah, definitely we- not in the winter. Not in the winter. No. no. <laughs> you can come in June. <laughs> they have the CMA festival. Oh, wow. That's a good plan. Let's put a pin into that. Okay. I can definitely plan. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not. I started working backwards, but you said you, your whole year is busy. Will you be around in May? Yes, not early May. The first weekend in May is when I'm in Miami. But yeah, after that, we wow. can talk about it. We can talk about it. All right, Lynette, yeah. thank you so much for I'm, coming on the show. I am so glad to have you here. Me. Yeah, anytime, please. You're you're welcome back whenever you want. Tell us. About all your adventures and your trips. Next time I come back, I'll be the one asking the questions. I definitely oh. want to okay. ask more and more and more. Um, well, do you have a question you want to ask me now? Yeah, uh, I just would like to know how have you managed or what are you doing in the process as you grow into what you know you can be and want to be? How do you be comfortable in the now as you aspire for what you want to be? What what am I doing right now to get me to where I want to go? Is that what? Yeah, kinda? but like like you said, the um, the what the name of the podcast is the lost. Oh yeah, the lost and found. Right, right, right. The lost um, and found. So as you're in that place of being lost and found, because I was like last year, I felt lost. I felt 
drained. I felt like I was in a detour of my career and everything. And I'd like to know from your perspective, what does someone have to do in that state, like as they are lost, as they're trying to look through to find their way back to who they were, to who they wanted to be or want to be? Mm -hmm. What do they do when like life hits you and you're back at two, but you were at eight and you know you want to get at ten and know you can, but can't right now? What do you do? What's the next best step yeah the best thing to do honestly um the reason i started the podcast was because i was feeling that way um i had i had been working in the uh in the national security industry for a little over 10 years through essentially either studying it or actually applying it um yes and that I did not realize that my identity had become so wrapped up in that particular career. And when I started to hit a brick wall, for lack of a better term, and during COVID, it became extremely devastating because I was associating that frustration and that failure with myself. Like, you are you're not doing enough to get this career where it needs to be. Like you've already been doing it for 10 years. You work so hard to get to this point. You finally got the dream job that you did manifest. Um, in one of the earlier episodes, I explained that, um, my, uh, at the FBI graduation, my father had found a journal that I wrote in when I was 10 years old and that, he um, handed it back to me and it said, you know, like I pointed to my dad today and I pointed at the, F- I told my dad today when I pointed to the FBI building that I'm going to work there someday. So I'm going to come back here and show him. Um, and I didn't even remember writing that down, but I did eventually manifest that into a real thing. And so yeah, letting go of that part of myself felt like I was a failure to myself a failure to that like 10 year old girl and a disappointment which is nothing anybody actually said to me it was all like internal it was all me thinking yeah, that but um when i left i did feel relieved so i knew that that's how what i was doing was the right thing to do but i didn't know where to go next it's still very hard. And that's why a year, a little over a year after I had left, I was still struggling. And one weekend I had, um, I had a spark of creativity. I I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I, I made like a couple of Instagram reels back to back. I didn't have any plans that Saturday or whatever day I recorded. And I decided, you know what? You already have the equipment. Like you tried to start shows in the past that just for whatever reason never got off the ground. Why don't you do it right now? Like you, you, you're you, on fire. Like, because I was posting stuff and I thought I was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. I need to take advantage of this moment. And yes. I recorded the first episode and I published it. And as soon as I published it, I was like, oh, that's cool. That's, that's cool. (laughs) No one will ever listen to this, but that's cool. And then people did start to listen and then people did start to comment and react. And 
they didn't necessarily think it was funny, but they did appreciate the vulnerability and the authenticity and the fact that I admitted that like, yeah, I had this super successful career and I had opportunities right in front of me and I walked away from them when most people my age or most people, most of my friend group is still up there in DC um, or in Philadelphia and they are still pursuing their careers and they make more money than me now. They've surpassed me in those particular positions. Um, they're further along than I am now. Um, if yeah. you're looking strictly, if you're looking strictly technical at age group and like income, right. Um, mm. Some of them emo like, relationship wise as well like they they either found a partner and got married in the last three years or whichever um so there's the triple threat if you're going to get real into comparisons but i i don't regret not doing it but i'll be honest i don't actually the point of your original question i don't really have an answer for how to tell somebody what to do or how to pull themselves out because i am still actively pulling myself out and that's why I started the podcast and called it What Now, a podcast for the lost and found, because I am I am doing fine. Like I I have a job, I have a really good life, I have a really good friend group here in Nashville. Like I have a good setup. I am not worried when I wake up tomorrow morning that like, oh, I've got this to do, this to do, this to do, I've got this bill, this bill, this. Like I'm not struggling to contribute to society or whatever, but I am struggling to find purpose in my life again because I had wrapped up so much of my purpose in helping the nation, essentially. And I miss that aspect. I don't... Yeah, it's a tricky place to be when you're in your... When you're in your 30s, it's not quite a midlife crisis, but it's... A, I like to call it a mild identity crisis <laughs> that, that I'm having, and I want to... I want to get back to a place where I feel like I have purpose. Like I, I do, I do like my job. It gives me the flexibility to live wherever I want and work whenever I want. Um, but there are parts of me that clearly need a creative outlet and clearly needs to connect with other people. And I don't get to do that in the current, position that I'm in and so I wanted I wanted a way to make those connections and figure out how to heal and figure out lessons learned and if there's something I could truly be doing better while I am trying to pull myself out of this hole and I could not find another podcast that was covering this type of topic so there are a lot of podcasts from therapists or psychologists or self-help groups or self-help speakers, um, lifestyle, mm. lifestyle coaches, etc. So there, there are a lot of people out there that are telling you how to live your life or the science behind why you're doing what you're doing, yes. but not necessarily a host who is actively at a loss, a host that is actively in pain or trying to figure themselves out um, by wanting to connect to other people's humanity. And that's, that's what I know matters at the end of the day is that people figure out how to communicate and see each other for who they are and where they are. Yeah. And I don't know how to do that. So I'm trying, I'm trying to do that right now in, in the podcast. Um, 
So I think the the best thing I can offer other people, or at least what I've learned so far in the few podcast episodes I have done, is that when you're feeling this way and you are feeling lost and like you don't know who you are or, you know, you wake up one day and you're like, how in the hell did I get here? Yeah. Or how in the hell did I get to this place? Like this place where I don't recognize myself or I don't recognize the decisions that I'm making or I don't recognize. But you don't feel you're getting what you should be getting. Yeah. You're, you're not progressing yeah, like, the way that you thought you were supposed to be. Progressing. Yes. And obviously like, like you said, there's highs and lows throughout your business. There's highs and lows throughout your personal life, but overall it's a wave that you should be able to ride. But like when it's this and then this and then this and then this, that's chaotic. And, 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 I, think, and I think that's what I was trying to also emphasize that until early this year, mm-hmm. for the past, the previous two years, it had been two years straight, you know, and it kept, uh, there was need like and I really value your podcast because mm-hmm. it gives people a chance to understand that it's not always because uh, sometimes the up and downs people think it's a bad month and a good month and a bad month and a good month. Sometimes it's a bad one year. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's a bad two three years. And and the thing is, I think mainly with um, youth or young people is they don't know that it can actually be a bad two years, a bad one year. They feel like if it's a bad six months, I have failed. I have lost it. Like I've not, I'm right. done, you know? Or there, there's nothing else I can to... do. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing else I, I can accomplish. Or like the fact that you think you've peaked already at 21 and you're like, no, <laughs> there's so much more. There's so much worse you're going to do first. <laughs> and then there's so much better you're going to get after the fact. Yeah. But you have to... You have to learn, you learn so much about yourself, obviously, when you're growing through your 20s, because you're changing the most. But like, I had a silly metaphor a couple episodes ago, where I said, like, you spend your 20s, mostly with your head in the ground, like, because you're, you're just trying to survive, you're just trying to, you just got out of college, if you went to college, you just got out, you have to find a job, find a place to live, start paying bills, be an adult. Yeah. Um, and figure out what it is you want to do when you grow up. Quite honestly, everybody's acting like they have their stuff together. And the truth is, nobody does. Nobody really does. Even even those who are in their 30s, even those who are in their 40s, who you're like, oh my God, I want to get to their point. They don't have it no, figured out. They never. don't even know what I, to I don't do. know. I they, think my like, dad, honestly, is like the biggest kid still. I think we put too much pressure on ourselves. Yeah. No. And I spent pretty much the day I came out of the womb putting pressure and goals and limits and expectations on myself like I already you know I was already operating at like this is the SOP this is this is how um nighttime routine is gonna go (laughs) this is exactly the person I'm going to be um and if I didn't meet those goals or didn't accomplish whatever it is I set for myself my standards were high and not meeting my own standards was devastating at times. Um, and I need to learn to be nicer to myself and we all do. We all do. Yeah. And that that's hard. That's hard. Especially as a woman, that's a lesson that you're going to be learning 
I think until you die, <laughs> how to be nicer to yourself yeah. and give yourself a lot more grace while you're trying to figure things out. And, um, yeah, so that's the, the original answer to your question. I don't have an answer because I'm still trying to figure it out. And hence the, the name of the podcast, the lost and the, and found, because you can be lost and find a place here. You can be found and find a place here, but hopefully by growing my community, I can help a lot more mm -hmm. people feel found rather than lost. True. Yeah. True. And I think it's important for people to be okay with the lost times. Yeah. And know that being lost today doesn't define your future and shouldn't be a reason for you to be like, oh, I failed or I've not made it. To be able to understand that you can be lost today and still get found tomorrow and things can definitely get better you yeah. know let them not use this as a at uh like the, the final you know let them not think that lost times are the final times understanding that there is a better tomorrow and a better next year is good like keeping the hope alive mm -hmm. you know and doing small things during this lost time that you know, when you when you get found, they will still be, you know, valuable and essential during that time. You know, remembering the priorities, family. You know, even when you're lost, don't lose sight of family. You know, and some some small connections that cut across throughout. How can people find you? Thank you. Uh, it, has, it has been great being here. It has been great having me connecting chatting it has been amazing so uh people can follow me on instagram at lynette blacks travel i'm going to share with you the links then you can go to my youtube channel it's called lynette nakamanya where i share some of my travel adventures but uh you can also check out my website which is together africa i'll also share with you the link and still it's nakamanya lynette on facebook for any other connections otherwise i'm very excited uh for this podcast and i'm open to share more about tourism in uganda about what people need to expect about the experiences we have to offer as a country as a nation as a region and all like travel questions can definitely be skewed towards me yeah and thank you amanda for having me and uh, looking forward to more chats and I'll be coming to Asheville next year. Let's plan for that. Definitely. All right. That concludes our episode of what now a podcast for the lost and found. Thank you everyone for listening and tuning in to hear Lynette's story. Uh, since we did record virtually and she was in Uganda at the time, a bit of our connection was spotty, but I pieced everything together as best I could. So I hope everyone who listened to the show has enjoyed this particular episode and you learned a lot from her. I know I definitely did. But just to close everything out, always remember you can like, subscribe, rate me, leave a review, five stars, share with your friends. Let me know if you have any feedback about the show, if there's any topics you would like to cover or hear more about, you can always email me at askwhatnowpodcast at 
gmail.com. If you are listening on Spotify, there is a link at the bottom of the description box. If you want to send a voicemail message, you can always ask me questions that way as well or provide feedback like that. And remember, wanderers are always welcome.